Samuel chapter 3, the first 10 verses, 1 Samuel 3, uh, 1 through 10. Hear the word of God. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Let us pray. You've been speaking from the moment we woke up this morning speaking to us all the moment we walked into this place, speaking, O God, to us through every interaction and every moment of this worship service, and we are grateful. And now we pray that you would continue to speak, O Lord, for your church is listening. Stir our hearts. Speak to us what you would say to us today, and give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was a boy, my mother worked for the North Carolina Grange Insurance Company. It's an insurance company that uh, focuses its business on the farming community. And because of the importance of agriculture in uh, state politics in North Carolina, it was not unusual for elected officials to visit her office. And on one Saturday, we knew in advance that the governor would be coming, and my mother made sure that, that we were all there. Uh, lined up along the hallway, kind of like this aisle straight down the middle, although a much darker room. And the governor arrived, and we were so excited, and the governor walked down that hallway, and he spoke to each person and shook their hands, and I was excited as the governor made his way toward me and was shocked when he got to me and said, Hello, Eric, how are you today? My significance in the world expanded exponentially in that moment. The governor knew my name, little old me. I walked on a cloud for the next hour or so at this reception and on the way home in the car with mom and dad and my younger brother, I was talking about my newfound importance in the world and my dad said, you had on a name tag, son. (laughs) 
James, your dad would never, well, James isn't in here, but James's dad would never break his son's heart like that, right? Right, Jimmy? No, no, you wouldn't do that. When someone in a position of earthly importance, earthly significance, someone that we put up on a pedestal, knows our names, or speaks to us, or pays attention to us, it does lift us up. We feel significant. We share in the spotlight, so to speak. There is an expansion in our hearts of our self-awareness. It's an exciting thing. And if that's the case, when the governor of a state can generate excitement in a young boy, how much more should the knowledge that the Lord of the universe, the one who created you and me, the God we know is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how much more should the truth that God knows each of our names fill our hearts with a sense of great worth, significance, an awareness that we are truly and deeply loved? A couple weeks ago on Trinity Sunday, we talked about the ways in which the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work in our lives And one of those ways, we talked about how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are constantly telling us how much we are loved by God. When a person embraces Jesus by faith and trusts Him, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of our hearts. And Romans 8, 12-17 say that from within us, the Spirit is constantly bearing witness that we are God's daughters and sons, that we are the children of God. And it's no stretch, I think, for us to, even though it's not specifically spelled out in that text, it's no stretch to think that if the Holy Spirit within you and me is constantly reminding you and me that we are God's son or daughter, it's not a stretch to think that the Holy Spirit from within our hearts is speaking your name and mine. That the God who knows your name, Psalm 139, the passage that we read earlier as the call to worship, God thinks of us all the time. The God who thinks of us, knows our name, surely is speaking our names through the Holy Spirit from within us. Now we can't hear, as Alicia referenced in our future, the children's sermon, we cannot hear, perhaps, the voice of the Spirit speaking from within our hearts. We have to rely on the ears of our hearts. But the Spirit is there, speaking God's love, speaking your name and mine. The challenge is to listen for the voice of the Spirit. And so God speaks the name of Samuel, 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 he says, to the little boy as he's asleep in the temple. Now, this is Old Testament. Uh, The Holy Spirit is not within the heart of Samuel. That happens in Acts chapter 2, several centuries later. The Lord speaks with an audible voice to Samuel. And at the end of the passage, actually comes and stands there. The Lord is speaking with a voice that Samuel can hear with his ears. But it's no surprise that he doesn't recognize the voice of the Lord. Verse 7 says this, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Uh, Samuel, miraculously born from his mother Hannah, a gift from God, and a, a birth, a child that she had prayed for, and because of God's gift to her of her son Samuel, after he was weaned, she takes him to Eli and and there dedicates him to a life of service to God and he will become the great prophet in 
Israel, who next week we will see, identifies and anoints David as Israel's next king. All of that is to come, but at this point, Samuel has not yet had the word revealed to him, so it's understandable, predictable, that he does not recognize God's voice when God cries out, Samuel. And so what does he do? He goes to Eli, his mentor, the older priest who is there watching over him and teaching him and says, here I am. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And Samuel does. And God calls again. And once again, Samuel thinks it's Eli. And he wakes Eli up again, probably irritating him at this point. It wasn't me. Go back to bed. It happens a third time. Finally, Eli gets it. He perceives, the text says, that it must be the Lord that's speaking to Samuel. And he says, next time, if the Lord speaks, say this, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God is constantly speaking our names from the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But like Samuel, even though he hears the Lord's voice with his ears, It's hard for us to hear God's voice with the ears of our hearts. And so like Samuel, we need the help of lots of Eli's. People who can help us discern that it's the Lord speaking to us. People who can help us hear the Lord's voice and understand what it is that the Lord is saying to us. What might that look like? It might look like In a time of decision, or a time of struggle, or a time of doubt. Going to a sister or brother in Christ and saying, will you pray with me? And will you help me hear the voice of the Lord? It might be a time when we are not sure if God is speaking to us at all. And we go to a brother and sister and say, I know in my head that God is speaking, but in my heart I'm not sure. Will you pray for me and will you listen for me? And will you listen with me? And so together we can hear God's voice. It might look like this. Our youth, as we've said, will be sweating and working saws and screwdrivers and hammers, building things throughout the week. And in the course of their activities, they will experience God speaking to them because as so many of us can testify in this room right now, oftentimes the Lord speaks to us the most when we are serving sacrificially and when we're out of our comfort zones. But but our youth will need some of their adult chaperones and maybe even their peers to help them hear the voice of God and to say that's not just your, uh, your sweatiness and your energy and your fatigue speaking. No, that's God speaking as as you have done this work of service, or as you are facing this challenge, or as you are struggling with this task. We need to help each other, remind each other that God is speaking to us just like Eli helps Samuel. Or it may look like this. Anybody familiar with the the Quaker denomination in the church? The Friends? It's a small group of Christians a denomination, but in my opinion, a vital, vital group in the larger life of the church. Uh, The Quakers helped found the colony of Pennsylvania. Perhaps we know them best by the Quaker Oats. Anybody eat your oats, your Quaker Oats? 
I assume they still have the picture on the package of oats with the, uh, the, the older man with the white wig and dressed in colonial garb. That's the Quaker, Quaker oats. Well, um, I had the privilege of growing up within two miles of a very significant Quaker settlement in Guilford County, North Carolina. It was, it was a major stop on the Underground Railroad pre-Civil War as slaves escaping their masters stopped and were cared for on their way north. Wonderful friend from high school and friend today is, is a Quaker. I love to talk with him about his church. My dad, most exciting thing he's done in his retirement is to be on the board at Guilford College. It's a little Quaker school in Greensboro. He loves it. Energized. Fascinated by how the Quaker faith interacts with the life of that institution. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, Quakers are not Baptists, though. Uh, Baptists, we love to talk and we can't handle silence. Many of you have commented that Alicia and I uh, pause a little bit before we pray. If, If we were Quakers, that pause would be nothing. I mean, it would be a long, long pause. Quakers are known for being still and quiet before the Lord. And one of the things that they do, they call it a clearness committee or a clearness group. Whenever a person has a personal decision to make or a congregation is wrestling with a decision, they'll get together and they'll be still and quiet before the Lord and they'll wait and wait and wait until they sense the Lord giving direction to the individual or to the group. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We need help, guidance, if we are to fully hear the voice of God. But we in our tradition, we, we're do-it-ourselves kind of people, aren't we? This is a little bit new for us, a little bit unfamiliar. We'd like to get alone with God and trust that God will speak to us, and He does. But the witness of Samuel and Eli tells us that oftentimes when we want to hear, truly hear the voice of the Lord and discern what God is saying to us, we need to do so together. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. I've been thrilled at how this uh, vision journey has, has proceeded. It's been a long journey. But the vision team uh, makes suggestions, recommendations, and there's feedback from the congregation and from the council, and through it all, as we're listening to God together, we will arrive where the Lord needs us to be, wherever that destination is. We listen to God best when we listen together. Now, when Samuel says, and when Eli instructs Samuel to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Uh, I can't imagine that that uh, Eli is instructing Samuel to say it along the lines of, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and I might do what you say, or I might not. We might have a negotiation here. I don't think that's what's going on. When Samuel says, Speak, for your servant is listening, implying, implied in that phrase, is I will listen and I will do what you say. I will obey. I will follow wherever you lead. I will go Wherever you send, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening and is ready to act upon what you say. This passage is the beginning of Samuel's call to ministry. And he will go on to be 
a great prophet in Israel. And next week we will see his role, explore his role in the anointing of David as king. This is also a transition passage. Eli's ministry is coming to an end. He's under the judgment of God because he has failed to control the immoral behavior of his sons. So this is about the end of one call and the beginning of a new call. And Samuel, in saying, I'm listening, Lord, is saying, I'm going to be obedient to the call. I'm going to do what you call me to do. And so if we are to say this phrase, if we truly want to hear God speak in our hearts, even speak our names, it can't be just out of a desire to know that we are loved, as important as that is. But to open ourselves to listening to God's voice is also at the same time to commit ourselves to responding in faith to what we hear the Lord say. To say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, is to offer one's self in obedience to God. And yet, and yet, that may be the hardest part. We can hear the Lord's voice. We might even understand the Lord's voice. We might even have a strong desire to hear the Lord's voice speaking our names. But that obedience part is a little bit different. Because there are lots of distractions that come upon us. Lots of ways in which we want to go that the Lord might be calling us not to go. We can hear and at the same time not obey. Has anybody noticed that there is a lot of construction on Route 10? Anybody live out there like us? Anybody move in that direction? If you are, have not been out there, just be prepared for the next year and a half. There will be lots of delays. The end result will be marvelous. It will be a great road. But until then, we've got to be patient. So I'm driving on Route 10 the other day. And coming in the other direction is, uh, is an ambulance with the siren going. And I hear the siren. I hear it loud and clear. And there's a car in front of the ambulance, and that car uh, pulls to the side to let the ambulance pass by. And I hear the siren. Did I say I heard the siren? I heard the siren. I even saw the ambulance. But I didn't pull to the side. I heard. I knew what I was supposed to do. It wasn't a lack of knowledge. I'm an experienced driver. But somehow I heard and didn't obey. Did not do what I needed to do. Now thankfully, no one was in danger. Thankfully, the car uh, coming in front of me had pulled enough to the side that the ambulance could pass by without getting too much into my lane. And I was, there was a little bit of distance between us. But I looked in my mirror and all the cars behind me were pulling over to the side as well. What was going on? I heard, but I didn't respond appropriately. I was distracted. Maybe the radio was too loud. I don't know. But it happens. We hear a voice. We hear a signal that is to trigger in us certain actions. We hear it, but we don't always do what we're supposed to do. And how often, even when we're listening, do we hear the voice of God calling us to love this person, serve this person, change this part of our lives, embrace this new pattern of living, embrace this new calling 
for us in our lives and in our church? How often do we hear fall short of responding and obey? The good news of the passage, just as the Lord speaks to the ears of Samuel, we believe that through the Holy Spirit living in our hearts, God speaks to our hearts. God knows our names. And we are loved. And the good news is, even though we cannot fully understand God's voice, often we have each other. And the Spirit works through each other us, this body, to, to speak and to clarify so that we can know and understand what the Lord is saying. That's good news. But the not so good news, we can hear and not obey. And so Fifth Avenue, sisters and brothers, may we not only listen, but respond in faith to what God says to our hearts. Speak, Lord, for Your servants are listening and ready to follow Your call. Let's pray together. We are so grateful, O God, that from within our hearts, You speak our names. And for those who have not yet embraced Christ by faith and received the Spirit from within their hearts, You are still speaking to them. Inviting them to trust You and follow You. We're grateful for the Eli's in our lives, for the Eli's in this room. We pray that You would help each of us to know and go to the Eli's in our lives, not just for good advice, as important as that is, but more importantly, to help us hear Your voice. And we pray that You would help each of us, as we listen and as we hear with the help of others, respond in obedience doing that which You call us to do. It is in the name of Christ that we pray. And all of God's people said,